welcome back in everyone to another episode of Go Be Wyoming. I'm your host, Aaron Gray. And again, joining me via Zoom from Bozeman is Zach Gale. Zach, how's it going? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. It's it's fall weather and the skies are clearing up. So hopefully uh, um, we have some nice, just some fall, you know, just uh, yeah. some cooler, cooler evenings and uh, um, feeling like football. So yeah, for sure. Yep. I'm enjoying it too. The the smoke is all gone and uh, at least for now it might be a little bit more coming in but um, yeah enjoying the little bit cooler weather too so yeah yeah so it's a beautiful time of year and um, anyways so uh, we'll just get right into it I'll take uh, the education section Zach uh, this sure. is brought to you by Alpha Graphics of Sheridan um, a little shout out to them I got some letterhead from them and I was doing some hand handwritten letters and had some nice envelopes and um, I got a call back. Now it hasn't turned into anything, but uh, <laughs> in, in this time of oil and gas, I'll take I'll take anything right now. So, yes. uh, little little shout out to Matt and Aideen there and running Alpha Graphics. Uh, uh, fingers crossed. But um, you know, I think this goes without saying, Zach. There's an article uh, released by the university that their their budget they are obviously going to have about over $42 million deficit coming up. Um, I think that's of no surprise to anybody. I think everyone's going to have a deficit. Yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, when you're looking at, you know, the loss of uh, Mountain West football, that's huge. That's going to be mm -hmm. most of it. Um, you know, we've been trying to get tuition or enrollment numbers up with the, uh, you know, the $3,000 to students. Um, so yeah, you know, when, when we take a look at it, it, it makes sense, you know, considering the, the world that we're living in today. So, yep. yep. You know, and I, you know, and you know, like, yeah, football, cause I think football brings in almost 15 to 20 million. So yeah, I mean, that's almost half of that deficit. So, um, and we're going to talk about it a little bit more. Obviously the governor is pushing the mountain West to start, which, yep. you know, there, there's a lot of financial things to it as well. So, right. um, and then, um, you know, kind of the same line, you know, it, it's interesting, the law school at UW, they went full pause for a week um, of in-person classes. Um, that's kind of the first time UW has had an individual school within the university dictate that. Um, you know, obviously down in Laramie, they have almost 200 people quarantined due to COVID, so we'll kind of keep an eye on that. But um that's one of those things where i'm like i think maybe that's what the university should have thought of about before you know like if um you, you know the law school had a little uptick so they went no classes um you know I, anyways what do you think zach because you're going to school right now yeah i think that's an interesting way to look at it too is to have each individual college within the university kind of decide how they're going to go about that um and of course, a lot the law school is separate from like the undergraduate program, so I think it makes a little bit more sense to let you know that kind of level uh, yeah. of education decide what to do. Um, but yeah, I think you know it, it's just a pause for a week. Um, you know, they're just going to be online. They're having faculty and staff, and then of course the students go completely online for a week. Um, you know, it's it's. Uh, it's typical, I guess, you know, we saw the university do this, that uh, was it two weeks ago now, you know, they put a pause on the on classes. So, yep. Yeah, I think, you know, um, and then like, you know, same with uh, the K through 12, um, you know, I mean, that's obviously what we've been doing. If a kid gets sick and then they do kind of like a, you know, the halo, right. And everyone go gets tested. And if they test positive, then they're quarantined, you know, so it kind of makes, I mean, that makes sense to me. Uh, I'm just glad that maybe UW, this is what they'll do moving forward, right? You know, if you're in a particular program in a, you know, in a, in a school, uh, undergrad's a little different, right? But um, maybe that's what they'll do moving forward. So we'll keep yeah. an eye on that. I, you know, the deaths have stayed low. You know, we're having an uptick, obviously, but um, so we'll keep an eye on that. And then uh, I pulled this one off, Zach. Um, it's kind of an oddball story uh, from Cowboy State Daily. Um, I guess in the city of Mills, 
Um, so that's Natrona County. Um, one of their elementary schools, I guess over the summer, somehow uh, like a family or like uh, they had like little kids, like they broke into the school and then like destroyed it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so anyway, so now the city of Mills obviously is like, we need help identifying who these people are, but um, yeah, it, it, I don't know. It's just kind of like, you can't make some of this stuff up anymore. I don't think <laughs> it's crazy. And it, I mean, destroy is pretty accurate. They're $60,000 in damages. Yeah. Um, so the article uh, says there was flood damage. There were several things just destroyed. Um, and then, you know, like faucets and kind of different structures built into the, the school and um yes sixty thousand dollars over the yeah. summer um that's that's insane so they uh yeah they're looking for the people who did it um there's some video footage um and then i think there's like a thousand dollar reward for any information yeah. that helps lead to it but um yeah. yeah i saw that i was like wow 60 and so the age of the they didn't look to be like they were teenagers maybe they were like middle school kind of age like that's yep. a lot that's a lot <laughs> um well in, the, in one of the in one of the clips of the 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 uh the surveillance that they have you know what um the, there's an adult like a parent and i mean like because yeah they're like they're like middle middle school maybe elementary school age kids and it's just like it looks like they just had like a field day like here you go like and um yeah. It'll be, I'm curious to see if like those people are actually residents, you know, because during the summer and stuff, that could have just been people with their kids and just driving around. Right. Um, so anyway, it's just a weird, what a, you just can't make some of this stuff up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's about it in education. Um, yeah. You know, not a whole lot going on there. Let's, uh, let's jump into, we've got a lot of state news. So yeah, let's keep this moving. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to talk energy and agriculture. Uh, this is going to be brought to you by Land Resources USA. Um, first thing, um, oh, I should look this up. But as of last week, there's four rigs in Wyoming, so that's good. Nice. Um, nice. If you're following along, that's 400%. You know, yeah. compared to the. <laughs> no, just kidding. But um, that is good news. You know, I. Uh, it's going to be slow and steady, I think, uh, for the rest of the year. But. Um, there are going to be, I think, just an update for people out there. Um, there there's uh, some federal leased tracks, so BLM parcels. Uh, they are still going to go to auction. You know, Trump got a little backlash when he was trying to move the big one to December. Um, I think that's probably tabled um, mm -hmm. just with the political climate and everything. So, But uh, the BLM is still going to do some, so that's good, and that's good news for Wyoming's economy. So um you know i i it, it's we're such a weird time but um that's good news i think if we can get some of that sale going um yep. and there's there's conflicting so there's going to be some parcels for sale um and i guess here's some of the backlash on trump is you know there are obviously some conservative groups um and they're pushing back due to sage grouse and um, we have that article up there too um I think we've talked about the numbers, Zach, on a couple of our episodes. I think that's a little, yeah. uh, some of these people have too much time on their hands, is my opinion. Um, yeah. Well, but um, it, he's, so anyways, I mean, it is working. Trump's holding off because uh, everything's so political, but there will be some BLM sales, so that'll be good. Um, kind of leading into... Uh, those environmental groups or conservative groups, uh, Liz Cheney um, is pushing the feds, maybe the DOJ, to investigate some environmental groups um, that have been working in the U.S. Um, she believes that some of them may have ties to China and Russia. Um, now, you know, it, it, let's not get on our conspiracy theories, but, you know, um, I think in league with them would be taking money from them. So I think that's a big issue. Um, and uh, so anyways, that'll be interesting. We'll see if, um, obviously, I think whoever gets the presidency will be the one who pushes that, right? I, um, 
which actually should scare a lot of people. But anyways, um, that it's, yeah. uh, but, um, so that's interesting. I think it's something to watch for. And I think, um, yeah, you know, for one, it's important because we have to be, our energy sector is important and, and regardless of what that energy is, but, um, yeah, I agree. And, you know, we're, these are environmental organizations, but they're also these organizations that contribute to campaigns as well. Um, and so, you know, we need to be looking at where is where is money coming from? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, they're you know the this is from the Petroleum Association of Wyoming, right? Yeah. Uh, they they quote Cheney as saying, uh, "There was it? environmental groups such as the Sierra Club and Natural Resources Defense Council." whose anti-fracking agenda aligned with the Kremlin's or low-hanging fruit for Russian influence. Um, so, you know, you gotta, you gotta follow the money. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, I, I think it's, like I said, I think she's being a little aggressive on like full-on conspiracy theory, right? Um, but I do like, yeah, like, I don't think they should be taking money from a foreign entity and then taking that money and, and putting it into a super PAC of somebody or, you know, campaign. So, right. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting, um, you know, and um, uh, that was the Sierra Club, right? That she quoted. That's the one that she recognized, yeah. <clears throat> Not to, uh, you know, uh, we'll put asterisks, uh, but the Sierra Club is active in Wyoming. So um, okay. I'll just leave that there. Um, in good news, um, you know, there are reports coming out and I mean, uh, I'll say this with a grain of salt, you know, and. April, you know, in July, there were hedge fund managers saying like in the fall, we were going to see $100 barrel oil. So, I mean, these guys speculate all the time, but um, outlook for natural gas is looking good for next year. And I think that I would believe that more than seeing $100 barrel oil again, um, just because of what we're seeing in like California and all those states, they don't have power, uh, natural gas is probably one of, if not one of the cleanest next to coal, reliable energy. So uh, we'll kind of keep an eye on that, but uh, um, you know, I put in our notes here, sorta. I mean, it's, <laughs> these guys can project whatever they want. So um, yeah, but uh, um, I think just uh, stay positive. You know, I think <laughs> natural gas and oil will we'll need it. Right. Um, and then, Let's see, we're talking carbon capture here. This is from, this is probably, it's more of an op-ed piece here, Zach. Yeah. About carbon capture. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about it. I think if we can be on the forefront of it, um, it'll help our coal industry. Um, so, um, yeah, you know, this article is just talking about coal, uh, you know, we've talked about in Wyoming too, that there's coal burning plants that are shut down or they're looking at renovating them. Um, and so it's, you know, trying to offer up this solution of carbon capture. Um, and so, you know, I think we are kind of one step ahead of it. Um, we've got the, uh, the area in Gillette that's, you know, been praised by uh, our U.S. senators. Um, and that's starting to do some stuff. We've got stuff happening in uh, Acme here in Sheridan County. So, um, yeah, I think if Wyoming can continue to kind of fund it and, um, you know, promote it, I think we'll, it'll pay off for us in the long run. Yeah. And I think a big thing is this education, right? I think, um, you know, carbon capture, I think some people are like, oh, you're just capturing, you know, like carbon out of the atmosphere, which is a form of carbon capture, but it's more of, we're making it more efficient. We're making it cleaner. Um, and like Ramico here in Sheridan, it's what else can we use it for versus just energy. Right. So I think, um, yeah, I think, yeah, it's good. I'm glad Wyoming's, you know, uh, we'll kind of see if it, if it turns into anything, but you know, I'm glad that they're, we're looking ahead and trying to do different things and, um, you know, at a state level, right. I, you know, I, um, the feds have, put so much pressure on us, you know, in different ways. And you can say if that's right or wrong, but um, one thing that's great about Wyoming is we kind of see a problem. We're like, Hey, well, what's the solution? You know, we're not going to politicize it. So 
Um, so anyways, yeah, that's good. Um, this is kind of interesting. I found Zach and I put this in the agriculture, you know, luckily, um, you know, thankfully Wyoming hasn't seen, um, the fires like the West coast is seeing, or like even Montana, um, or Colorado, shoot, Colorado had some nasty ones. Um, you know, I, again, this, this kind of goes to what, one of the reasons why you and I started this show is facts. You know, are you looking for facts? Are you looking, you know, are, are you being objective about what's going on around you? Um, and we've got an article up, um, they researched wildfires, right? Um, and, you know, it's funny, you know, people are, you know, first blaming the president, right? It's his fault. Um, you know, you've got uh, Trump supporters like, well, look, they're starting the fires. You know, I, um, what this is showing is like, hey, regardless of, you know, where you align, here's the thing, like, these are really bad fires. Like, we're not ignoring that, like, thousands and thousands of acres are being burned. Um, however, they might, this year, we might not even surpass the fires that we had in 2017. Really? Okay. So it's kind of like, you got, you know, um, don't believe like don't don't just trust the media right i mean it's sad and it's bad and um but um you know look at it objectively like in the last five years they're not these aren't as bad as what it was in 17 because those were pretty bad um and then you know the, i don't know i think it's a little objective on how they went back to the 1930s and 40s that was something i was like yeah i don't know about that but because uh, the federal government wasn't tracking all that stuff um yeah Anyways, that that uh, statistician said in the 30s and 40s is really bad. Um, but yeah. Anyways, um, what's your take on that, Zach? You know, I um, again, like I said, Wyoming. Luckily, we haven't had any. Uh, you know, like other states, I should say, we've had some, but we haven't had. Right. And I think, and where the fires have occurred? Well, I guess that's not true. The current fire in Wyoming is is in the mountains. The one that occurred in Hanna was kind of a sage prairie. Um, fire but you know it's interesting every summer it seems like or at least since 2017 California is in the news because of fires and um, you know they everybody starts beating their chest and saying oh it's climate change all right maybe that's part of it but look at Wyoming Wyoming's not just burning down every summer you know we have maybe one or two small fires um, the real issue comes down to you know forest management and clearing out dead timber and you know taking care of your your lands there um and so i think that's really what people need to be looking at and really need to be considering when they look at these fires i agree and you know and um some other articles i found you know they're a little more opinion based so i didn't want to share that but um they bring up the point of just just of this year alone right california is seeing um, to record heat, but they bring up, well, Texas has also seen record heat. They're not having fires. Um, now, Texas and California are like almost complete opposites in regards to Texas is almost like 98% private land, you know, and then California, there's a lot more state and federal land. Um, we can get into that topic later, but I, you know, I, you know, I think that's what we need to look at is like, like, and like you said, Wyoming too, it's like, Hey, we, we have heat, you know, and, um, um, and same with Montana, you know, Montana's had some fires, but I think they extinguish them quickly. And it's kind of like, well, you know, we need to look at why can Montana, you know, put them out or control them faster than California. Right. Um, you know, so, um, it's, yeah, and I, and it's, yeah, like we said, it's kind of funny that it's so, you know, it's either climate change or someone else's fault and it's, they're not really looking at the actual problem. Um, yeah. So, but, uh, anyways, just that was kind of more of like, stay objective, make sure you're looking for, you know, the actual facts, um, and not just believe in everything you hear. Um, yeah. So, all right, we got a lot of, a lot of state news here and some cool stuff because Zach, you're going to teach yeah. me a little bit about some uh, cryptocurrency. Um, yes. This segment here, uh, other state news business section, uh, this is brought to you by ERA Carroll Realty here in Sheridan. Um, give Jess Hatterbig, uh, giving him a shout out here. 
Um, if you are looking to buy a home or sell a home in Sheridan, uh, give Jess a call or give ERA Realty a call. Um, I will say this, if you are a seller, it's a seller's market right now. Because yeah. um, I bet you could probably sell your home more than you bought it right now. Yeah. Um, problem is, where are you going to move to? That's the, <laughs> uh, but anyways, we're going to talk a little bit about that kind of stuff here. But uh, Zach, I tried reading this. I just, um, cryptocurrency has always been like, I don't understand. But yep. uh, we talked about Kraken Bank last week. Mm -hmm. They're getting a charter in Cheyenne. Explain that to me. Uh, yes. Okay. Best you can. So, it, you know, for the longest time, that has gone over my head too. And the thing is now there's so many types of cryptocurrency. Um, so the most popular one is Bitcoin. But for now, we'll just talk about what is Kraken. Um, so Kraken describes himself. Um, they specialize in the purchase, sale, and trade of digital currencies such as Bitcoin. Um, so it's, it's kind of like a stock broker, essentially. You can okay. buy Bitcoin, you can trade Bitcoin or, or sell it, um, and they'll act as that middleman. So they're a bank for these cryptocurrencies. So the way they describe it um, on their website, um, let's see here. Their cryptocurrency guide is really helpful and it'll, it'll walk you through all that stuff. So basically, we have, we have our currency right now. We have money and it has value because basically the government says it has value. We're, we're not on the gold standard anymore. So it's got value because the government says this is what you can go buy with. Um, your bank acts as the middleman, takes your paycheck. You, take, you, know, you get a paycheck from your employer. You take it to the bank and they put it in your account. So that you can use it at any time. Um, the thing that the that Kraken is kind of pushing on is the bank also uses your money. That's how they make money by lo loaning it to people and you know letting it gain interest, stuff like that. Right. Um, so Kraken essentially takes that part out. It lets you kind of have free control over your your currency and over your money, and lets you spend it or trade it however you want. Um, so, so here's how big, you know, so it's like, okay, but this is a virtual or digital currency. Why, how does that have any sort of value to it? Right. There is, I think there can only ever be 21 million Bitcoins. Um, so back in like 2010, there were 50. And so they've been uncovered and released kind of in phases or as people data mine them and find them. So I think right. right now there's like 18 million. So it's 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 pretty valuable, I guess you you can say. You know, it started off with there were 50, and then as people have found it and data mined it, there's been 18 million un unearthed. Yeah. Um, right. And so uh, it's you know it again it allows you to kind of control your your money, I guess it's more in your hands and it's more for you to, to use and, and go with where you want. Um, yeah. You know, it's, I guess it's safer too. you know, if there's a bank that shuts down, of course, they're insured up to like a quarter of a million dollars. Um, but there's no way that this can essentially be kind of shut down because of the government's carelessness or whatever it is, the economy running right. It's the price is either going to increase or decrease essentially. Yeah. Um, okay. Hmm. So that's kind of what this is. And I was looking, cause if you go to uh, Kraken, if you go to their website, um, they will, uh, oh, where did it go? You can sign up um, for an account. You can create an account. And if you go in there, I forget where it was. It'll show you all the rates um, for every cryptocurrency that there is. Um, and you can, you sign up with them, you can buy cryptocurrency, you can trade it, you can sell it off, um, you can do whatever. So it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty awesome. Um, it's going to bring a lot of tech jobs to, to Wyoming. Um, you know, infrastructure is going to be needed and, and all that stuff. So it's, you know, like we had talked about a couple weeks ago, um, or with uh, Representative Kinner, um, like you guys don't have the tech people for this. Well, we're going to need some now. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, 
yeah, it's it's really exciting and it's it's still strange and new to me even. Um, but uh, I'm I'm really close to signing up and seeing what it takes to start trading on. Yeah. Um, so. Well, I'm glad you bird dogged the research and because because that was one of my questions. I'm like, you know, like I understand the cryptocurrency and being online and being in control of your value of your money. But that was one of my questions was like, it's, it's going to be like an actual charter. So like, can people walk in and obviously you can sign up and I can buy cryptocurrency. Um, so that, yeah. And then that way you're going to get more of those tech oriented jobs, people that want their money in cryptocurrency, or maybe they accept money in cryptocurrency. Right. Um, yeah, that's so, another thing they point out too, is more and more companies, I think they said Microsoft even, Microsoft is Subway, um, are accepting Bitcoin as valid currency. So, yeah. hmm. Well, that's cool. See, and that's a good, that was a nice little rundown. So for anybody that's like not sure what it is, I think, you know, it, um, it will be important moving on. Um, and I think it is important that Wyoming's the first one to charter it. Um, not to say we need to do this, but it's kind of like when banks, like when Colorado finally said we that banks could accept money from, you know, uh, recreational marijuana distributors, right? I mean, that was a big deal for those people is yeah. they couldn't save their money somewhere. And this is not like it's on that same thing, but it kind of is the same concept of you've got people in tech that probably have crypto, but no banks, you know, no banks kind of really honoring that kind of um, yeah currency so right cool well that was a good um good rundown there zach um Thanks. you want to talk about this you kind of looked into this too um the ta ranch had a movie filmed out there yeah um yeah i just was looking on your the media or the shared media article you put up here but um yeah that's pretty cool uh let's see a western uh finished wrapping up uh filming in buffalo's ta ranch um director and producer michael pfeiffer um sat down with shared media and basically said you know they uh they had some actors who were of that you know at risk age for um covid and oh. so they didn't really feel comfortable shooting a movie in la um they looked at arizona new mexico which are typically where westerns are filmed in the united states um you know longmire was in new mexico um and uh their numbers were too high and so the i think the lead actor um uh where it was tom scarrett uh said you know wyoming or montana is probably going to be the best place so they settled on wyoming um the other thing was um <clears throat> excuse me uh the director his wrangler the guy who you know provided the horses and stuff um right. lives in lander so he also wanted to be kind of close to them uh so that's why they were looking at montana and wyoming and ended up settling on wyoming um perfect yeah so just kind of some uh friends of friends of friends ended up giving them this location in buffalo to shoot their movie so that's awesome well in, in the ta ranch is, is that's kind of a very historic area where that ranch is right now in buffalo in johnson county um so that's probably another reason they picked it too is it, it's um I, I think the ta does run kind of like a dude ranch so they were probably able to just you know the 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 production crew and everything could be right there you know yep. they're not getting um not like there's people in buffalo that would probably know who any of these people are anyways but you're not getting bombarded you know um yeah but um that's cool no i think um you know, like you talk about Longmire, like that kind of upset me and I get it, you know, New Mexico's going to be a little warmer year round, um, yep. you know, but it's like, gosh, you know, the Longmire books are based out of Buffalo and they come do the yeah. Longmire days. It's like, I guarantee you those guys, you know, I bet the TA ranch and all those, any of those ranchers out there would love for them to come, you know, film out there. Um, right. But yeah. Um, and I think what it ultimately falls down to is, is price too. Um, yeah. Cause I, I do know that Wyoming uh, taxes pretty heavily to shoot movies um, in the state. So, and I don't know the exact rate, but that's typically why they end up going to Arizona or New Mexico. Um, 
to, to film those. And so, but yeah, I mean, I would love to see more movies filmed here. I mean, there's, whether you're in the Wind River area or you're the Bighorn, you know, Buffalo area is just so historic with like cattle wars and um, just, you know, forts and trails along the, the Eastern side of the state. So, yeah. Damn taxes, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's, um, that was kind of a cool article. Um, let's see. I want to make sure we don't kind of jump some here, but um, the next thing is, so Barrasso and Gordon, um, I was going to see if this ACE Act was the same thing that's getting proposed to reform the Endangered Species Act. Um, it looks like it's not. So these are separate things. Um, let me just double check here. Na, 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 na. Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about the ACE Act first, the America's Conservation Enhancement Act. Um, so that's what, so Barrasso has proposed a bill in the Senate. Um, okay, yeah, that's the difference. So this act is more for management of wildlife. You know, if, yeah. if there's disease, you know, protect livestock from predators, you know, like wolves, you know, things like that. Um, so we'll kind of see how that turns out. Um, yeah, I think that's an, it's an important bill. You know, it mentions uh, chronic wasting disease, um, which is mm -hmm. a pretty big thing. And that's always on, you know, hunters' minds, um, pretty prevalent in deer. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, it's... What does it say here? Help states study chronic wasting disease and protect livestock from predators. So, um, will be be huge for not just Wyoming, but you know Wyoming and Montana, um, mm -hmm. and even South Dakota. You know, big big farm uh, ranching yep. areas. I'm just curious. You know, maybe we should try and find a copy of it. You know, one thing that always worries me about any federal legislation is. You know, you know, what can the state do? You know, I know it means well, but it's well, but right. if you hinder the state from acting, then it just makes it worse, which we're going to talk about here is the, is the governor, Gordon, um, our governor, Gordon, sorry. Um, so Trump is looking at, or maybe the Senate is looking at reforming the Endangered Species Act. Um, and especially the changes would be um, allowing the state to have more input, right? Um, and Gordon obviously is talking about, well, the grizzly bear population in Wyoming, Montana is starting to get a little out of hand. Um, they're protected by the Endangered Species Act. And it's kind of like, you know, at, at the, you know, uh, um, there's already been, we, have, we already have an article. It was kind of like a, I don't know if you read that article, Zach, about the guy not leaving his friend. You read it, it was satire, kind of, it was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I didn't read it. No, <laughs> no, that's all right. But it's uh, uh, it, it was a story about guys hunting in Montana or something. And their story was the guy was like, I, you know, because the joke is right. You got to just be faster than the other guy. Um, but but uh, so he didn't do that. He stayed with his friend, and uh, luckily the grizzly kind of walked away or whatever. But uh, um, there's a lot of stories like that going on right now in Montana and Wyoming due to yeah. grizzly bears. Um, so this is, you know, now knock on wood, luckily no one, you know, luckily there's no grizzly bear, um, you know, attacking people yet. You know what I mean? Like getting trained to attack people. So, right. Right. Um, but I think governor Gordon's onto something of like, Hey, you know, the state needs to be able to manage now. And that's the keyword manage the population. Um, okay. and so anyway, so he's supporting this reform, um, this, I bet there's going to be backlash on it, like there always is. Um, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. But he makes a good point. It has not been changed since 1988. Mm -hmm. That's almost 40 years. Yep. Um, but you know, I, you know, and uh, so anyways, I, I, I yeah. think he's on to something, but we'll see if, it, if anything ever gets done to this, because it's a very big, you know, that's something we teach, you know, in elementary school is the Endangered Species Act, right? You know, and right um yeah. what's your thought there zach yeah i think it's i think it's important you know um bear attacks grizzly bear attacks specifically have been really high this year um you know in and around the yellowstone area but even just 
Um, you know, Bozeman is, is just right outside of Yellowstone. Um, so it's, there's people here and in this community who have been suffered, who have suffered bear attacks uh, just this last year. So I think, you know, we, again, it's going to be bogged down by so much litigation and through the courts. And that's what the governor has pointed out as well. Um, so, but yeah, I think the state needs to be able to take some control of that um, as well to be able to provide some safety. I mean, we want to be able to go enjoy those places. And if it's just rampant with grizzly bears, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, and I've had conversations with hunters, right? They hunt kind of in that Yellowstone area, you know, over the mountain from Sheridan. And, yeah. you know, I, I think it, a knock on hunters sometimes is they're like, oh, you just want to go shoot a grizzly bear. And it's like, right. no, like, if anything, I just want safety, right? Like, right. Um, go watch the movie Revenant. Like, that's exactly what would happen, you know? And, um, and but they all, the, the hunters have great solutions because you can, the state easily can track the population. Yeah. Know, um, I mean, we're already. You know, you can you you you're making sure there's no poaching, um, which we already do a very good job of, anyways. Um, so yeah, no, I'm I'm supporting Governor Gordon here. You know, let the state have a little more control, which you know we kind of have control with the wolves, and look how much better that is. <laughs> um, you know, livestock. You know, uh, livestock owners. You know, are happier for that right because it's it's at the state level they don't have to deal with the feds you know it's right. um so yeah. um so we'll see you know it's it's it it'll be that'll be tough but i'm um i support them on that i think that's a good good thing uh to push for yeah um, i agree and you know it's not like we're people are are just you know going and provoking grizzly bears like i like you yeah. see people like tourists do to Buffalo and stuff. Like it's um, nobody in their right mind is going out and seeking a grizzly bear. <laughs> you yeah. Know, these are just, these are just, there's a large amount of grizzly bears in that area and you're bound to run into them if you're going out, you know, riding your bike or hiking or, or camping even. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and, 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 and like we've said, the, the issue is, you, you, you know, if we don't get on it now, because I've heard stories from guys even from last year in archery hunting and rifle hunting, some of those grizzlies are getting trained of, they know that you killed an elk or a deer or a moose, they're coming up on that animal, right? They, and, and that's the problem, right? Because then now um, the hunter can't harvest that meat. Um, you're training the bears almost um, to be ready for human contact and or you know now they're eating those those wildlife those other animals um so that's the problem right and then like you yeah. said like if you're a hiker now that grizzly bear is not afraid of you yeah that's an issue like that's a problem right. um right so yeah it's um this will be interesting that'll be uh see how, yeah. how he does on that um <laughs> last thing about the governor I think he definitely should do this, and I think he maybe should have come out earlier. Um, you know, the Mountain West, like everyone else, um, they're going to try and get football back in fall sports. Um, I think it's hilarious. You know, uh, the presidents and stuff aren't going to say it, but it's because of the money. And it's like, well, you guys should have, you know, anyways, it's like, well, you're missing out now because you missed the whole month. But um but no, that's good. Let let them play. Let those seniors play. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, get get the season going. I mean, you and I, I don't think we've talked about it on air, but we've talked about just you're not going to have an off season if you move this to the spring. Like, I don't see spring the, these organizations who have decided to move to the spring, like the uh, Big Sky Conference, actually having a season in the spring. You're just not going to have an off season. You're going to be going right into summer camp once you're done. So, yeah. yeah. Let's get let's get it playing. I mean, we're seeing the the NFL is able to play. Um, they're not letting you know some. It depends on the stadium they're letting people in, but even then, it's not very many people. It's nowhere near uh, at capacity. So yeah, um, it's yeah. Let's get it going. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and and people want an escape. You know, it's um, I do fantasy football. I hate it every time. I mean, it's fun. Um, because it just drives me nuts. But um, 
it is kind of nice to, you know, during the week or weekend, I'm like, hey, what, you know, what's, you know, who's winning, who's losing, you know, what happened? Right. Um, it's a good little escape, you know. Um, and, 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 you know, you and I may be biased. We played sports, but yeah. Anyways, um, so, okay, we got some weird stories now, Zach. Yeah. Again, some stuff you just, like, make a TV show, make a movie. If anyone out there, do it in Wyoming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, um, this article here on the, uh, so is they, there, um, there was a murder in 1982. Um, this guy, he was 17. So that's the key here. So in 1982, yeah. 17, uh, the guy's name is Davis. He picked up a hitchhiker, um, and killed him, um, and dumped him off somewhere. Uh, so back in 82, he obviously, you know, got convicted arrested um he got a life sentence and then a 50-year uh sentence um yeah, for robbery and, yeah and ro yeah it was robbery too um yeah in 2014 i believe the state of wyoming changed you know a minor so that'd be under 18 cannot get life in prison um so this guy got it reduced. He, he did an appeal, obviously, and he got it reduced to a, so life is gone because he's 17. Um, sure. So he now currently has a 12 to 50 year sentence um, with a chance of parole, I believe. Um, yeah. The Supreme Court said he tried to appeal it again, saying the 50 was too long. Um, and the Supreme Court said, yeah, no, because you've got a chance 12 to 50, you know, so. Um, right. Yeah. It's just a, go ahead. Yeah, so in 2015, right after the rule was changed, you can't sentence a minor to, to life in prison, he paroled, um, or let's see, he got the possibility of parole. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see, how does it say this? Davis' sentence was changed to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 25 years. And in 2015, he was paroled on the murder sentence to begin serving the 20 to 50 year sentence for ag aggravated robbery. So they said, all right, you're murder is you you served your time for that but now you've got to serve the time for your um for the robbery and so that yeah. was challenged at the supreme court uh, and the supreme court ruled in favor of it um said 20 to 50 would end up being basically a life sentence for him um and so in 2019 they ordered a new sentencing hearing so what just happened was in the johnson county uh district court State District Court in Johnson County um, yep. changed it to 12 to 50 years. Um, and so then again, he, he said, you know, that's still too long. Um, but they said 12 years falls within, you know, the, the right age. There were, what did they say? Two, two standards to be considered constitutional. If the minimum amount of time a juvenile is to spend in prison is less than 45 years, and if the juvenile could potentially be released before reaching the age of 61. So his new parole terms meet that uh, standard yeah. yeah and 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 uh i'm good with it you know I, i'm glad that um you know they they uh, uh, he got those original appeals so i think he's yeah. he needs to be careful it's kind of like you're you know take what you can get here but i mean you are you know you were convicted so i mean <laughs> now <laughs> and, um I get his, I get his side, right. He's been in there for a long time and he's like, Hey, like I could die in here. Like, so what, you know, what's the point of me doing all this? But, um, I think it's just an interesting story. I think it's, um, you know, a fascinating, fascinating topic about minors, right? He was 17, right on that line. Um, there was a Sheridan, the Sheridan case a while back when you and I were both, um, you were probably in junior high and I was in high school mm -hmm. of the same thing. Um, one of, um, I'm not going to name names, but it was a, it was a murder robbery. Um, two of the guys were over 18, so they got life. I think one of them got, no, we don't have execution, but, um, yeah, the third one was 17. Um, but, uh, um, he was actually kind of right at that same time of when they changed this. And so I think he, um, he got like kind of a 20 to 50. So, um, right. And what so was interesting kind of, about that one was he wasn't the 17 year old, the one who actually murdered uh, the victim. I thought he was the one that. No, no. And I, I think, and that was one of the biggest um, 
deciding factors for the, I think the district attorney was, uh, he, he, I can't remember who the district attorney was, but he said, if he would have been the one that probably pulled the trigger, he probably would have got life. But since he was an accomplice and he was just there, you know, and um, so that is a little different compared to this case, right? Because right. Davis obviously yeah. did it. So, um, you know, um, the Sheridan one was he had said some stupid stuff when they arrested him. And that was kind of like, well, he's 17, you know. So anyways, but yeah. um, anyways, that was, that was a, I think we needed to talk about it. That was a fascinating. Yeah. Kind of, uh, again, that'd probably be a cool movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I want to talk about this again. Uh, man, like um, Wyoming Public Media had an op-ed um, in regards to what we talked about last week. Joanne True running um, the Cowgirl Run Fund, which is a bipartisan group helping women run an office. Um, Zach, did you have time to read that op-ed there? No, I didn't get a chance to. That's all right. Let me pull it up. Was it Joanne's own? Because I, I know when we, the article we referenced last week said that she had written her own op-ed or had put in uh, to the Casper Star Tribune in response to the censure. No, um, and I guess um, we didn't find, I didn't find that. Um, this was by Wyoming Public Media, Stephanie Joyce. Um, you know, I, um, what I got away from it, Zach, is what we talked about is we understood why the Republican Party did it or why they were looking into it. Um, you know, Stephanie here says exactly what we said is it makes them look bad, really bad in regards to, yeah. um, you know, there's always that stereotypical, you know, the Republicans don't have any women or whatever, you know, right. you can go off, but, and she, I, I don't think she's wrong. Now, I think, you know, I think you and I said it, I don't think the GOP should have censored her. Right. I think, right. You know, she should have, you know, I, anyways, I think there should have been a conversation, but um, anyways, so it's, um, kind of an interesting thing i think this might um i think later down the road we'll kind of see if this hurts the wyoming gop maybe down the road um yeah, yeah i think uh, there's no telling it might um you know this this is really interesting we'll we we'll want to put this on the website um they they mentioned some pretty interesting numbers here um I'll just quote the article here. A quick search of the Wyoming Secretary of State's reports online shows no such direct financial support for the 2020 election cycle. It does show support for multiple Republican candidates, a Libertarian candidate, and three PACs, Frontier Republicans, Wyoming Hope, and Cowgirl Run Fund. Um, so it says, in total, True gave $7,500 to Republicans and one Libertarian candidate while donating 11000 among the paths so um it's not like she was even just specifically funding that one pack she was obviously funding or providing support in some way to yep. these other groups so well and like, yeah. like like we mentioned last time in the first article there was one gentleman that lost his election mm -hmm. and i i feel really bad about it because it's like i think he just railroaded her and he was mad that he he lost who knows if the cowgirl run fund gave money but it's like um that just looks bad i mean that it, that yeah. it looks like i'm almost starting to get the sense of it looks like what it's it, it is what it looks like is that he pretty much just railroaded her and it was upset that he lost um yeah so there's some um, petty petty dispute yeah Exactly. And, and I think this op-ed by Wyoming Public Media is spot on. I mean, that's uh, sometimes the good old boys, it's like, man, you guys kind of just fill the bill of what people are thinking. Um, yeah. So anyways, yeah. uh, um, I want to do this one first. So the seatbelt okay. law, the state legislature is possibly thinking about a seatbelt law. Fine. I, you know, yes, wear your seatbelt. Um, you and I both don't like any government overreach, but I can agree with this one. That's fine. It's in yeah. for safety. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, unless you have anything to say about that, but. No, I think what people need to know is just now you can be pulled over for the primary offense of not wearing your seatbelt. I don't know how yep. a police officer is really going to be able to tell that you're not wearing a seatbelt, but yeah. I think it's just the knowing in the back of your mind that you'll get a ticket. But even then, you still have that in the back of your mind when you get pulled over for speeding. It's like, I need to, you know, nonchalantly slip the seatbelt yeah. on or else I'm going to get a ticket. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I do agree that this is in people's best interest. Just wear your, your seatbelt. You know, they mentioned yeah. several of the deaths that have happened on Wyoming highways. Those people, many of them would be alive if they had worn their seatbelt. So yeah. Wear your seatbelt, yeah. people. Yep. I, you know, I'm a, uh, like I said, I'm whatever. If, if it passes fine, you know, like, yeah. cause I majority of the time wear my seatbelt, but, um, yeah. Um, last one again, we've got some weird stories today. <laughs> oh, Rollins, man. Um, <laughs> in the last six months or eight months, <laughs> Rollins's landfill has accepted 852 tons of manure. I just don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is uh, this article is pretty funny. Um, politicians are often accused of spreading manure. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the city officials and Rollins are now wrestling with what to do with actual manure. <laughs> um, yeah, they have accepted 408 tons of manure in the last eight months. The land mill has accepted 865 tons of manure. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Like, in a, like I was hoping that they'd have like. <sighs> I, I just, again, this this episode today is just like. <laughs> and even even they don't know. Public Works Operations Manager Daniel Gross is stumped. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know if people were building it up or if people were mixing it with fertilizer and stopped. I'm not one hundred percent sure. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I because like I'm thinking like if I went to the Sheridan, like the Sheridan landfill. Yeah. At some point, those guys are probably going to ask me like, hold on a second. Like, that's like 800 tons. That's a lot. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> My God. <laughs> uh, it, it's cost them $70,000 to haul the manure to a farm so that so far this year. Just just this year, seventy thousand dollars to move it. <laughs> My gosh. Now, see, and that's weird to me, because right, because if I'm a rancher or a farmer, right, and I'm gonna use it for compost. Now I don't know if compost costs anything, but does it really cost that much to send a guy to go like cause I would imagine Rollins is just giving it for free. Right? I mean I would, it's Probably. I mean, now they're going to have to, it says now, in order to break even with that $70,000 uh, check, they have to charge $82 a ton. So I guess that's still, I don't know, how much how much manure are you going and picking up? <laughs> you know, but yeah, weird. Yeah. <laughs> Can't make this up, people. Can't make it up. I don't know. That's, yeah. Uh, Wyoming yeah. problems. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, alrighty. Um, well, I'll have you do. Um, I think. Did you look at the police, the Sheridan Police Department, at all? Or no, I I didn't look at the the police. I looked at the Hidden Bridge. Uh, okay. Though. Cool. No, that's good. No. Um. Um. Uh, we are jumping into um some Sheridan Sheridan County news. So, uh, um, quickly. You know, it's been a couple of weeks since we had an update on the Sheridan Police Department uh, chief search. Um, and good thing we were looking because it's still taking them a while. Um, and we got a little bit more info here in regards to how the internal application went. Um, the city administrator, McCray, um, said five people from the Sheridan PD internally applied. Um, and his words were, they did not meet his requirements or there's a state board of, um, I think it's like the sheriff department. Um, okay. So that was his words, did not meet my requirements and then the state board's requirements. Um, 
but he did kind of go back to and say there are two that will get back into the pool um, if we don't find any external ones, um, which leads me to believe right now Coltiska and Tom Ringley will do 30-day stretches alternating um, as police chief. Um, and actually right now Coltiska, uh, he started, I think, this Monday. Uh, so he yeah. is, quote unquote, the active chief. Um, I, you know, Zach, unless I'm missing some, but I would imagine Coltiska and Ringley are the two that would be in the pool. That, that would be my guess as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not the city administrator, yeah. but <laughs> the two you right, have yeah. alternating, like as a trial basis, and you're saying two of them right. are going to be in the pool. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe this is smart by him. He's trying to see, you know, now, like 30 days, it's like, dude, that's not like what, anyways, but. Yeah, really, um, what are you, I, I, I'm not a police officer, so I don't know, but yeah. yeah. But I, I think we, you and I both, actually you know not to say we had breaking news but you and i both kind of said it was either coltiska or ringley um that would be top candidates so yeah um interesting development um so it sounds like they still haven't found anyone external um but uh we will go from there um i'll have you talk about the hidden bridge ranch um because there's another subdivision in sheridan that recently was getting talked about so uh um, kind of some housing here, Zach. So a little, what's happening with the Hidden Bridge Ranch? Yeah, so we mentioned this maybe a week ago. Um, you know, there were some issues of rezoning and the size of each individual unit. Um, I think they wanted them to be 4,000 square feet, and that was, I think, well below the, the county or the city's um, mandatory size for individual units. So, um, yep. It was tabled or anyway, there's some new kind of information that has come along. Um, let's see here. Um, so Sheridan County Development Director Wade Sanner presented council with a 2013 agreement, agreement discovered Monday afternoon, um, which says that the Black Tooth Park, which would be just on the west side of where these are gonna go, um, you know, that new kind of city park out there towards Soldier Creek, um, yep. plus a future trail system and a new park near the southeast corner of the Cloud Peak Ranch area constituted enough open space for that entire Cloud Peak Ranch development. So I think what that means is, that I think that was maybe one of the concerns with the, the size, they don't need them to be any bigger, I think. Um, yeah, this means the concerns over open space for hidden bridges are now a moot point. Um, it doesn't need to have any open space included since the they found that there's plenty of open space in that entire development. Um, let's see. The other thing, though, this is kind of what has tabled the discussion uh, until October, is the issue of sidewalks. Um, so right now on Midland, there's only a sidewalk on the east side, which is where pretty much all the housing is right now anyways. Um, and then you've got, you know, the new restaurant and uh, all yep. that stuff over there on the old golf course. Um, so the city's not sure if they're supposed to be taking over the, the sidewalks, you know, if that's their responsibility, if it's the contractor's responsibility to put sidewalks in. It seems to me like that would fall to the city, but maybe since it's a private owned ranch area that's being built on, then it's, it's the developer's um, responsibility. So um, in a 4-3 decision, they decide to table so until they can have a better idea of what's gonna happen with that. Sure. So, um, I, I, to, to jump in on the sidewalk discussion, I, I would imagine they're talking with the developer if it's an HOA or not. Um, okay. Because that, that would be, you know, because whoever the developer is um, of the HOA, they would take care of it. Um, okay which is interesting that they don't know because that would be just a direct question to the developer. Right, uh, and so what they found was there were just so many overlying kind of zoning documentation and stuff like that, that it was just, it was convoluted. So at the time they didn't yeah. have a direct answer. Um, but yeah, again, it seems weird um, that you wouldn't have a yes or no answer on the uh, something as, 
simple yeah. as a sidewalk. So it, it it feels like to me now, since we've talked about it twice in two weeks, and not to throw the developer under the bus, but it just seems like they're they're just rushing and and because uh, like that like that that should be you know like you should already have that discussed with the city like that shouldn't be um it, that's just weird to me and then like the they're bringing up the issues of like sh we should already know that these these parks are there like yeah. um right because this land this this land right there was donated to the city you know mm -hmm. uh, at it well yeah. i say donated but um so it's like some of these things were already discussed so it's kind of like yeah. how, so hmm, yeah i I just have this feeling now that I'm glad that the council and maybe the mayor too is kind of like, yeah, you know, you, you need to slow down. We need to slow down because, um, it's better to do it slow and do it right. than you know, have issues later. Um, right. Which is, yeah. um, you know, and I think it's good because now we're talking about a cottonwood subdivision and I'm not sure where that is. I was trying to look and figure out where this other subdivision is. Um, mm -hmm. it's definitely, this is definitely, um, going to be like apartment housing here, Zach, R2, R3. Okay. So this is multifamily units here, um, almost 60 lots. So, I mean, that's a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, opportunity, you know, some, some housing, um, for sure. You know, um, I, so this is kind of, I'm kind of giving my opinion that I think this is good. I think the council and the mayor tabling the hidden bridge ranch you know because now it's like you have another subdivision um you, you know I, I and i think this is where you got to juggle like maybe you go back to the hidden hidden bridge ranch and discuss the lot size again you know because yeah. it's like hey you know we have another subdivision that's about 60 units ish well 60 lots which could have more units um you know it's like okay so maybe you know maybe we can push back on this developer, make those lots bigger at the Hidden Bridge Ranch, control, um, I hate saying that control, but kind of regulate that market price a little bit of the area. Um, but like I said, I have no idea where this Cottonwood subdivision is. That's the first time I heard of it, so. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up right now and I'm not. Yeah. I can't tell where it's, where it's gonna be. Um, it's called, is it Cottonwood Point subdivision or just Cottonwood well, subdivision? Conwood Point is like out of town, so yeah, that's because that's what's coming up when I search it. So huh, Let me see I'm not pull. sure, yeah, where this Let's is going to be. The, uh, Conwood subdivision. Uh, let's see, this is I'm pulling up the Sheridan Media article, and that's not very. Yeah, give us a well, link there, but anyways, right. But uh, I think to end it on a good note, Zach, we, I think there's development going on. Um, to me, it looks like the council and the mayor as of right now are considering these things of, you know, we do need affordable housing, but we also need to, you know, like in, in regards to Hidden Bread Ranch, like we need to be slow and make sure we're not just building things to build things. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Lastly, uh, I don't even, fine, we'll talk about it. Um, COVID, obviously, Wyoming's seen a spike. We're over a thousand, we're over 5,000 cases. Um, over 4,000 have recovered. Um, and that's not counting about 600 probable cases. Um, I, you know, I was trying to find the death count. I think we're still under 50. Yeah. So um, that's what I've seen, anyways. Yeah. I think we're made, are we at like 49. It yep. might be like right under 50, something like that. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's all we're going to talk about. I think yep. you can do the math. Yep. Um, yep. There's your numbers. Yeah. Um, lastly, to end it out, um, events here in Sheridan. You got Oktoberfest this weekend at Black Tooth. Um, so that'll be a good time. Hopefully, we got good weather. Yeah. Um, we will plug ourselves. We'll kind of pat ourselves on the back here. So tonight, um, the two mayor candidates are having a debate at the Wild Theater. 
Um, so we will definitely talk about that next week. Um, and then on Tuesday, um, next week, the 29th, that's the city council uh, candidates are going to debate as well. Um, I was already reached out by Spencer and Tom, two guys that we've interviewed before. Um, they both would love to do another one after that, which I was thinking about anyways, because, um, you know, it's getting closer. It's a little tighter race, yeah. you know, um, but, yeah. um, yeah, so yeah. exciting stuff. So we'll, uh, we'll be jumping back into politics here before we know it, but, um, yeah. yeah any other events, you know, of Zach or. Um, not that I know of. Nope. Um, Oktoberfest sounds fun. Uh, love to be down there for that. I've had a couple Oktoberfest, uh, local brews up here in Bozeman. They're pretty good. So nice. Um, that sounds like a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's all we have today, guys. Thank you for listening. Um, we will catch you next week.